Welcome to the Clarity Confident Connection Summit, where women break through barriers, unlock their next level of success, and build bonds with other badass business owners. Your host for this session is Samantha Kaawa. Samantha is a best-selling author, speaker, former marriage therapist, empowerment coach for married women, and the founder of the GEMMS with Samantha Kaawa, an international coaching and training company. Her main focus is helping women become their best selves while staying in and completely transforming their marriage. Samantha has been recognized as a leading expert on relationships and is on a mission to help restore trust and faith in the world. She has been featured on Fox, ABC, CBS, and other international publications and podcasts, sharing her counterculture views on relationships. Samantha is one of the co-creators of the Clarity Confidence Connection Summit. She has another amazing guest coming right up. Take it away, Samantha. I am so thrilled to be interviewing the one and only Jack Canfield. Jack is the co-creator of the famous Chicken Soup for the Soul series, which has sold nearly half a billion copies in 51 languages. He's had over 42 New York Times bestsellers and is the only author to have seven books on the New York Times bestseller list on the same day, for which he received a Guinness World Record. Jack's more recent work is The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. He is the founder of Canfield Training Company out of Santa Barbara, California, and is often referred to as America's number one success coach. Welcome, Jack. Uh, thanks, Savita. I'm really glad to be here. Uh, the summit you're doing is amazing. You've done a wonderful job of getting a wide range of speakers to support women in creating more clarity, more confidence, and more connection in their lives. And you and I have worked together before, and uh, everything you do seems to turn to gold. So I'm glad to be here. I commend you to all, all for, for all your success and the important work you're doing. And um, I know and you know that when one person steps into their potential, all of humanity benefits. So I'm really glad to be part of this with you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So as America's number one success coach, Jack, I am thrilled that you've agreed to share your top three secrets for success with us here today. Well, I'm I'm really glad to. As you know, my I have a life purpose, and it's to inspire and empower people to live their highest vision in the context of love and joy. And I believe that you're doing that same kind of work. And I love helping people achieve their personal definition of success. So it creates lives of greater happiness, more meaning, more fulfillment, more impact in the world. So um, let's rock and roll. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so let's rock and roll. So Jack, what is your first secret to success? Well, as you know, I wrote a book called The Success Principles, and there's actually 64 principles of success in that book. Way too many to talk about right now. <laughs> um, but basically, there's 14 or 15 principles that I think are the basics. And today, uh, we'll talk about a couple of those that I think are foundational, and I'll kind of wrap a few of the others around into that. But I think the number one principle, it's the number one in my book, it's the number one thing I teach in every seminar I do, is to take 100% responsibility for your life and your results. And what that means is no blaming, no complaining, and no making excuses. You know, there are a lot of things we blame in life. We blame our parents, our husbands, our boyfriends, our bosses, our men in general, the government, the traffic, the weather. We blame sexism, racism, the economy, the internet, social media, immigrants, and so on, for why our life isn't working the way we want and why we're not getting the success we want. 
And so let's break that down just a little bit. So basically, when you're complaining, you're not taking 100% responsibility for your life. And complaining is an is a response to the way the world is, but it doesn't produce a better result. Mm-hmm. And so basically, if you have something that you're aware of that you would prefer, but you're not willing to take a risk to create it in order, you know, what we do is we, when we complain. So, uh, you know, I could complain about my wife. And basically, in order to complain about my wife, I would have to believe that there's a better woman out there in the world. Maybe I've seen one on television in a movie. Maybe I know somebody I would prefer to be with. But if I'm complaining, it means I have an option that I think is better, but I'm not willing to risk creating it. And so what I do is I complain about it and it's, it's safer, but it doesn't produce a better result. Blaming is pretty much the same thing. You know, we're blaming other people. So it takes the burden off of us, but it doesn't produce a better result. So I teach this formula called E plus R equals O. And what that stands for is event plus response equals outcomes. And if you don't like, well, think about this. Everything in your life that you're currently experiencing is an outcome of how you responded to an earlier event. Someone asked you to get married, you got married. Someone um, you know, offered you a job, you took it. Someone offered you a, a dog and you took it. Maybe you're overwhelmed by taking care <laughs> of your dog, you know, whatever it is. But you're responsible. You're the one who did that. Yeah. And so I like to think of, Uh, event plus response equals outcomes of the formula like two plus two equals four so if two plus two equals four and you don't like four you can't do two Mm -hmm. i mean the world's out there doing two it's doing what it's doing you know the pandemic comes along uh technology changes uh you change and grow in your relationships etc but if you keep doing the same thing you're going to keep getting the same result and if you want more, you're going to have to do more. So two plus two will always equal four. So you have to do three in order to get five, which means you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to do something new and different. And a lot of us resist that. And one of the studies that was recently done at Pepperdine University was that people who are willing to be uncomfortable the most are the people who are most successful. So that willingness to try on something new and not knowing exactly how it's going to turn out, but the willing to take the risk is critical. And then I said, like, the pandemic comes along, and all of a sudden, the world's doing zero, and zero plus two equals two, and you used to get four, so now you got to really up your game just to get it back to where it was. Right. So, you know, in the, in the success principles, what I did is I studied for about 10 years uh, over 700 of the most successful people in the world. Uh, some I interviewed, some I read their books, et cetera, and I looked at what are the responses or the behaviors, if you will, of the people that are super successful. And what I learned was that there's only three responses you can control. Number one are your thoughts. So we're thinking all day long. Some people tell us 50,000 thoughts a day. Mm -hmm. So if I'm thinking negative thoughts, I'm going to produce negative outcomes. Images. What do we visualize? You know, if I said to to a group, if we were live, I'm going to have everyone stand up. We're going to put on music. We're going to dance. Some people go, yay. Some people go, oh, no. (laughs) Because they're imagining the time when they danced and someone criticized them or they fell on the floor or whatever it is, instead of visualizing doing a good job. And the third thing you control is your behaviors, what you say and don't say and what you do and what you don't do. And so when we learn to take control and be responsible for our thoughts, for our images and for our behaviors, then we begin to be successful. And your mindset is really critical. You know, I, I once got to talk to Sarah Blakely, who started Spanx, yeah. which she recently sold for, I think, close to a billion dollars, a couple several hundred million at least. Right. And she said, mindset 
is the single most important thing you have as an entrepreneur and as a person. And she said, you have to work on it daily. So I always tell people, you have to have a daily practice. And what I teach is called the hour of power. This is 20 minutes of meditation and gratitude and affirmation. 20 minutes of reading something uplifting, like self-help books, spiritual books, etc., and 20 minutes of exercise. And the best exercise we're finding now is a combination of high-intensity interval training, which is really high aerobic training, and also strength training. Many people, especially women, are not doing strength training. Right. Strength training is really important to build what are called your skeletal muscles. And that is really what's going to lead to longevity, to more energy, burns more fats, going to lead to weight loss, etc., and, and finally, I would just say this about mindset. Muhammad Ali has a great quote. He says, impossible is a big word thrown around by small people who find it easier to live in a world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it. And then he said, impossible is not a fact, it's an opinion. And then he said, it's simply a belief. Impossible, he changes it to I'm possible, just separating the words and putting an apostrophe there. Mm -hmm. And then Napoleon Hill said, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. And he also said every negative event contains within it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. So you have to look for it, he said. But everything is happening for you, not to you. And my mentor was a guy named W. Clement Stone. He said, you have to become an inverse paranoid, someone who believes the world is plotting to do you good. So if you think positive thoughts, visualize what you want as outcomes rather than your fears, which is fantasized experiences appearing real, you're going to lose your job, your husband's going to leave you, all that kind of stuff, as opposed to you're going to keep your job, you're going to make more money, you're going to rise in your company, et cetera, or you're going to have more clients as an entrepreneur, and as opposed to you know uh, the negative thoughts. And then take the actions, and we can study successful people. What do they do? You know, They eat differently. They get up earlier. I, I wrote the forward to a book a couple of years ago, and it was called The Billionaire Secret. And a friend of mine uh, interviewed 21 of the world's best billionaires. It took him three years to get to them, but he got to them and he interviewed them. And he found out, was I was surprised that every billionaire he interviewed, whether they were an 81-year-old guy in China that makes all the windshields for all the cars in the world, or whether it was a person opening a fast food restaurants in the Philippines, or a guy opening a restaurant, not a restaurant, a, a, a grocery store every seven days in the Soviet Union, oh. uh, people that invented computer programs. They, every one of them, got up by 5.30 in the morning. They all meditated. They all exercised. And they all read for at least an hour a day. So we always say success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. So study the people that are successful, that have the great relationships, that, that look healthy, that are healthy, that uh, are being successful, that are happy and peaceful. And if you do that and start applying those principles, then you can be super successful. Oh my gosh. You just like, that was <laughs> so much valuable information right there. I love, you know, as towards the end, you were saying that your mentor talked about inverse paranoid, right? And I right. love that. I absolutely love that. There's so many of us out there that are expecting the worst versus right. being really this person of possibility, right? Being able to um, be inversely paranoid about all the good things that could possibly happen. I love that takeaway. And really your, your very first secret for all of us being, uh, you know, well, not being, but taking a hundred percent responsibility for your life and your results. I, I know for a fact that that has changed every aspect of my life. The moment that I was able to truly understand that concept and, and really live by that, by 
looking at the world and saying, okay, so where can I, where can I change and what can I do to improve my situation? I love that. The two plus two always will equal four. (laughs) So we got to change and the results of the world will always be the results of the world or the right um, events of the world. And we get to choose how we show up. That's beautiful. Okay. So Jack, can you give us an example of how maybe someone can apply this secret to our lives, no matter where we are on our journey? And and before I do that, I just remembered something I teach in my book. I have a chapter called 99% a bitch, 100% a breeze. What I mean by that is when you take 100% responsibility for anything, even your commitment, so I'm going to get up every morning and exercise. Then if you do that and you make 100% commitment, you never have to think about it anymore. It's just like brushing my teeth. Mm. You know, I, I never not do that. Right. And so that that decision is no longer wasting time. And I always say, how would you like to be married to someone who is only 99% committed to monogamy? You know, it's like yeah. you, every, every day you'd wonder, <laughs> is today the day they're going to cheat? Right. right. So you want that 100% commitment and you want to make that 100% commitment to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so to go to your, your question, for me, I, I never complain or blame. I, you know, it took me some years to get there, but I just don't do it. And if my staff does it, it's a $2 fine on the spot, not to punish them, but to teach them (laughs) that when you do that, there is a cost. And then we'll take that money and give it to charity. Usually after a month or so, they stop doing it. I also have the fishbowls in my seminar that uh, where, you know, people have to um, put in $2 if that happens and so forth. But I think the main thing to go back to your question is that I as I said, I never blame, I never complain. And if I'm not happy, mm-hmm. much like you just said, I first ask myself, how am I creating or allowing this to happen? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? And then I ask myself, what would I prefer? What do I want? How do I need to change my beliefs to get it? What do I need to do? Who knows how to do that, that I can reach out to for advice on how to do it. And then I take action and I respond to the feedback. So to give you a, a personal example, mm-hmm. uh, number of years ago, I was always complaining about how overwhelmed I was. And, and Patty Aubrey, who works with me, said, you know, you're always complaining about how overwhelmed you are. You're not supposed to complain. You said you never complain. <laughs> and so so I had to look at how am I creating being overwhelmed? And so I realized, and I also wasn't exercising enough, you know, because I was overworking too much. And mm-hmm. so I said, what I realized, I said yes to too many people. I was kind of codependent. I had a fear of not being seen as a nice guy. I had to learn to say no to my some of my students, my clients, my family, my wife, my friends. I had to learn to set boundaries. And I also had to manage expectations for people. And one of the things I know, especially having worked with hundreds of thousands of women, I'm 78, I've worked with tons of people over my career, literally millions of people, uh, live seminars and online and so forth. And I find for women, so many women find it so hard to say no. They feel like they have to meet other people's expectations. It's kind of the conditioning that women got for a long time. So I started to have to say, you know, how many book endorsements am I willing to do a year? How many seminars for free for nonprofits? How many clients am I willing to work with? I hired an assistant. I started delegating more activities. And literally then I don't feel overwhelmed anymore. And But it took a while to get there. I think that anytime you make a change, it's not easy. You know, the, the change is simple. But you have to really commit to it and you have to stay dedicated to it. And if you do that, you can pretty much get where you want to go. But for me, I think that was a big one. I love that. I, I really love the way that you you shared that because no matter where we are on our journey, 
we can catch ourselves. We have the opportunity to catch ourselves and say, where are we complaining or blaming? Mm -hmm. And that can be a really beautiful inflection point of where we can do something differently, right? And right. then we can take action to change our outcomes um, in, in that formula that you were sharing. So I love that. That's beautiful. All right, Jack. So I think we could have ended it here and that would have been profound, <laughs> but I would love to hear what your second secret is for us for success, please. Well, I think, you know, in the subtitle of my book, The Success Principles, is how to get from where you are to where you want to be. So in order to do that, you have to decide where do you want to be? You know, and that means creating a clear vision for your ideal life and then taking all those aspects of that vision. And I teach like there's seven areas of life you got to look at your career, your financial life, your relationships, your health and fitness, an area I call fun and recreation, because I think that's critical to being successful. Uh, also, what we call personal, which is like, uh, you know, what do you want to own? What kind of things do you want to do? Like, I want to write a book, I want to travel, uh, etc. And then also what we call contribution, what contribution do you want to make in life? And when you look at that, and you say, okay, here's what my ideal vision looks like in each of those areas. And then you turn every aspect of that vision into measurable goals. And this is really important. A lot of people have strong intentions. I want to be wealthy. I want to live by the ocean. I want to have a great relationship. I want to uh, make more money. But until you specify it with a specific goal and say how much by when, so it has to be measurable in time and space. So how many acres, how many square feet, how many rooms, how many clients, how many dollars, how many pounds or kilograms do you want to weigh, et cetera. And it needs to be measurable by a third person, someone that can come and weigh you or measure your house or look at your bank account, et cetera. So that's great, the measurability. And I see a lot of people say, well, I want to spend more time with my family. Well, the question becomes, how much is enough time? And uh, to get really clear, uh, I once said I want to increase my income. Well, to what? You know, so if you, I was making like at the time, I think, uh, what was I making? About 30, no, it was $18,000 a year. And um, so my mentor, Debbie Clement Stone, I mentioned earlier, said, I want you to set a goal that's so big that if you achieve it, it'll blow your mind and it will prove that the principles I'm teaching you work. So I set a goal to make $100,000. And I took, I, I, every day I make an affirmation. I'm happy and grateful. I'm earning $100,000 a year. I made a $100,000 bill. I put it on the ceiling of my, my, my bed. You'd walk into my house and see this big $100,000 bill <laughs> right. to the ceiling. But it was, it was there to remind me to close my eyes, say my affirmation and visualize living a $100,000 a year lifestyle. Mm. So and, and by the end of that year, I did not make a hundred thousand, but they made $92,000, uh, which was close to a hundred. Right. And it was like, so like six times more than I've been making before. And then my wife said, do you think it'll work for a million? And I said, only one way to find out. So nice. we set a million dollar goal. And within three years, we were making a million dollars a year. So uh, it's important. And then I tell people, how much by when? So if you were sitting here now, I might say, let's say you want to increase your income. Mm -hmm. Maybe you would say, I will earn an annual income of $250,000 by January 23rd, 2024. So I always like people to set a goal for one year. And I like to have people look at a breakthrough goal, which is a quantum leap. Pick one area of your life where you want to have a quantum leap, where you really, that was my $100,000 goal. Okay. So I didn't have a quantum leap goal in every area of my life, but pick one so you yeah. can prove to yourself at the end of the year, this really works. And, you know, students in the past have created goals like double my income, 10 times my income, start a podcast, 
I have my own radio show, have 200,000 Facebook followers or X number of clients, lose 30 pounds, et cetera. And I'll give you an example with my wife. My wife came to me a couple of years ago and she said, I want to spend more time with you. You're not spending enough time with me. And I said, okay, how will you know how much time is enough? And it's because it's subjective. Yeah, so that's a good I, question. Yeah, so I said, let's start with a number. What exactly do you want? And so she said, I want three nights a week where you don't work late and you come to bed with me at the same time. Because she goes to bed at 10. I'm more of a midnight guy. But okay. I said, okay, I'll do that. And then she said, I want to make love at least once a week. I want a date night at least every two weeks. Uh, I want a weekly assessment on one of the nights where we, you know, I ask, we do this thing on a scale of one to 10. How would you rate the quality of our relationship? And if she says anything less than a 10, I have to say, what would make it a 10? And uh, I once got a four, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I asked her that. And she said, well, first of all, our grandson was busy. She said, my job is to get him up in the morning. Your job is to put him to bed. I don't care if it's the NBA playoffs or basketball tournaments or whatever. Uh, I want you to do that without me asking. And she went on to say several other things. And she said, do you remember what foreplay is? I said, yeah. She said, you might want to remember that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so our lovemaking had gotten a little bit, uh, I would just say mechanical. Right. And, um, but the thing is, when you ask that question, the assessment what would it what would it take to make it a 10 and i recommend every couple ask that of each other every yeah. week and then you get now you're getting more specific what they want as opposed to be more loving take more responsibility for cleaning up after yourself um you know one person once told me that um marriage was a, a conflict between two people's definition of what clean was <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's true. So, so, you know, you have to tell me what's clean. Well, th this this can't be left out. Those pots have to go in that drawer. Now it's clean. Yeah. So you have to get really, really clear. And, um, you know, I had a client once who wanted to have more fun with her husband. Mm -hmm. And so how do you measure more fun? So what they determined was at least one day a week, I think it was Thursday afternoon, uh, they would go into the living room, put down plastic and get finger paints and all kinds of stuff. And just no one could act older than six years old for an hour. Oh and they God. started having fun, you know, doing all kinds of crazy things. So if you can put a measurability on it, then the other person can say, okay, you did that. And then still it might not be enough. At least you you know what enough starts to look like. Uh, so always like, you know, make your, your goals measurable in time and space. That's profound. Uh, even being in the relationship arena and that being my area of expertise. I love that advice. It's so amazing how many people come to me with the subjectivity of what love looks like and what communication looks like and all those things. And I, mm -hmm. I love your secret number two being that there needs to be a crystal clear vision, right? Create a clear vision for your ideal life and then turn every part of that vision into a measurable goal. So really quantifying that and making sure we can measure it. So that is beautiful. Uh, any tips for those of us who feel like maybe this is easier said than done? Well, I think everything's easier said than done. Okay, true, true. <laughs> um, you know, and I was just thinking as you, you're talking about relationships, like there's the five love languages. And so my wife's love language is quality time. Mm -hmm. Mine's nurturing touch. So she's not as touchy, if you will. And like if I hug her, 
you know, I want to hug the last three times longer than she does, but we're hugging more, we're kissing more, et cetera, because I, she knows I want that. Yeah. Uh, we trade massages, which we didn't used to do. Um, and I know that quality time for her means I'm sitting with her eye to eye, looking at her. And, you know, my basic question is, tell me more, dear. You know, right. when she's, when she's explaining something, we're, we're really clear about, you know, doing that kind of thing. But I think, you know, it it's it's easier said than done to set a goal. Yeah. It's harder to keep track. And and one of the things that I like to do, for instance, like we do this date night every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so on my calendar today, it says create a reservation for Saturday night because that's coming up. Right. And if I don't put it in my calendar, as a to-do, I forget. And so one of the things that we teach in, in success and goal setting, et cetera, is something called the Seinfeld method. Mm -hmm. uh, the Seinfeld method was, came from uh, you know Jerry Seinfeld, who was a comedian. Mm -hmm. This young comedian said to him, you know, if I want to be as successful as you, do you have any advice for me? He said, yeah, one hour a day, write jokes. And he said, never miss a day. And he said, get a calendar. And every day when you write it for an hour, put an X through it. And you never want to have a day where there's no X. And you want to keep it going, you know, and he's been doing that for years. So think I do the same thing. Whatever I've agreed to, I put it in my calendar. So I know I did it and I check it off. And um, I think that's an important piece of it. And there's going to be times when it's uncomfortable. You know, in a relationship, it's uncomfortable sometimes to say you're not happy. Yeah. Um, it's uncomfortable to, to take that risk especially if you're with someone who gets judgmental or gets defensive, et cetera, but you have to be willing to do it and um, set goals. And also don't beat yourself up if you don't achieve a goal on time. You know, the purpose of a goal is not to beat yourself up, but to create momentum and give you the willpower and the motivation to push through the tough times. But, you know, we've all set goals that we didn't achieve right at the same time right. and then just recommit to it. Okay. Yeah. So that recommitment, that really creating that cadence, that energy, that momentum by mm -hmm. really following through and putting it on your calendar. I, I heard that to be a really transfer, transformational tool is our calendar, right? It allows us to set intention for what we want to accomplish and the goals that we want to achieve. I think that's right. Really, yeah. So for any of us that might be struggling to really apply these principles in our lives that's one tangible way we can do it is start scheduling it in our calendar and doing our best to endeavor to not miss that day right <laughs> yeah, let me add one more thing to that too for, yeah. for goals here this is a big secret that i learned years ago okay. and that's the idea of having an accountability partner Ooh, so okay. let's say that I know that I'm not that great in relationships. I tend to forget stuff. And I'm, it's scary for me, you know, to be vulnerable, to be authentic, to be open, to share my fears and so forth. So if you were my accountability partner, we would have an agreement that I would call you every day, at least five days a week. Some people do it seven days. And I would tell you every day, here's what I'm committed to do tomorrow to, you know, work on my relationship. I'm going to do this act of kindness. I'm going to give my wife a compliment. I'm going to, you know, bring her a rose, whatever. And so we call them acts of loverness. And if we do that every day, our partner feels love. And so, but it's still uncomfortable for me. I might forget, et cetera. But if I have to know that I'm going to have to call you tomorrow at nine in the morning and report in on how I did yesterday, mm -hmm. it's embarrassing to tell you I didn't do it. So you tell me what you're committed to. I tell you what I'm committed to. And then we hold each other accountable. And having that third person 
or second person to hold me accountable. Because a lot of us have areas where we're just not reliable, whether it's exercise, saving money, not spending too much, um, you know, writing, calling clients, you know, whatever it might be, sales enrollment calls, etc. It makes it a lot easier if we know that someone's going to hold us accountable. Right. And check in on us that next exactly. day. Exactly. And say that one more time, acts of lover. What did you say? Say that. Well, we all know what acts of kindness are. Yeah. So, so think of the, the the things that would make your life feel loved. And again, you can go to her love language, et cetera. Uh, but just, you know, things you know. So my wife loves flowers. My life, my wife loves spending time with her. She loves compliments. She loves when I go to bed on time, whatever. So if every day I can commit to doing one act of loverness. I love uh, it. Love sometimes I'll just call her from work and, and and say, hi, I was just thinking of you. And I wanted to call you and tell you how much I loved you. Well, the first time I did that, she said, did you wreck the car? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? What are you going to ask for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was so out of the blue, you know, but now she knows I'm just, I'm just wanting to let her know I love her. But the, that little tiny thing yes. all of a sudden says, I love you. I care about you. It, it's very profound. So I love that. The act of loverness. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So, Jack, I am ready to hear your third and final secret that you're going to share with us today for success. I'm ready for it. Well, it leads into what we just talked about, which is take action. You know, you have to you have to take action and ask for and respond to feedback, and you need to persevere in taking the action. Every action you take doesn't work. Every action you take isn't perfect. But if I take an action and I ask somebody, a client, you, my wife, whatever, you know, how the, how was that on a scale of one to 10, for example, uh, the seminar, my the, our dinner date, you know, whatever. Uh, and then I get the response and I can respond to the feedback and then persevere, never give up. I mean, people give up way too soon. Uh, I love there's a quote by Bill Gates recently. He says, most people underestimate what they can accomplish in one year. They overestimate what they can accomplish in one year and they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, when you set out to become more successful in business and relationships, financially, whatever, uh, you know, persevere through the obstacles, uh, the setbacks, the upsets, the failures, they're, they're inevitable. You're going to have them. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends, John Asaraf, who was in the movie The Secret with me, created this law. He calls it the law of Goya, G-O-Y-A. And it stands for get off your ass. <laughs> what happens is you have to take action. We A lot of us have great ideas and we have inspirations to do things. We think, oh, I can do that. But then if we don't do it, nothing happens. Right. And I have this quote that I often share at the beginning of my seminars that success is like knowing the combination to a lock. If you know the combination to the lock, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, if you're white or black, if you're old or young, if you have a high IQ, low IQ, graduated from high school or graduated from graduate school, right. the lock has to open. If you're missing one number, it's not going to open. If you have them in the wrong order, it's not going to open. So you have to know the numbers in the right order. And for me, there's certain things like in the combination there are certain things, if you do them in the right order, in the right way, at the right time, what will happen is you'll be successful. Um, and so I teach this system of success. So my book is a system of success. Right. And each chapter follows the chapter, you know, the following chapter is actually the one you should do next. And so that's why I wrote it. And I think as we talk about action, there's two kinds of action. There's what I call obvious actions. You want to be a lawyer, you got to go to law school, you want to be a doctor, you got to got to medical school, you want to be a psychologist, you got to get licensed. Mm -hmm. And then there's what we call inspired actions. 
So my favorite story is Taylor Swift, who we all know now is just ridiculously successful, yes. was just starting out. And she really wanted to become an opening act for someone famous. Okay. So she could do a tour. And she ended up on a radio show by accident with Tim McGraw, the country That's singer. Nice. And she said, Tim, you don't have an opening act. You should have an opening act. He said, I don't want to have an opening act. I don't need an opening act. She said, I think you do. And uh, I think you should hire me to go on the road with you. And Tim said, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> he dismissed her. Right. But two weeks later, he, he he went and listened to her music. Came from her. Two weeks later, he called her up and said, I want you to open for me. And that was the beginning of Taylor Swift's career, really, in terms of like taking off. Yeah. So again, whenever you have an inspiration, take action. And too often we just, we it's a whim. We don't do it. It's too weird. It's uncomfortable. We don't know why we're inspired to do it. But if you do that, I promise you, uh, miracles start to happen. That's phenomenal. I And I think it's said over and over and over out there in, in just the world of personal development. And yet we sit there with all these dreams and all these ideas and we're twiddling our thumbs saying, should I do it now? Maybe not, maybe tomorrow, right? And, and we're here, you're giving us literally step-by-step step the code of success in the right order. It's, it's mm -hmm. not do it in the order you think it's supposed to work in, do it in the order that worked for many, 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 many other people. <laughs> so I love that. Okay, so let's just for a second, I wanna recap the three secrets that Jack shared with us today. So secret number one was to take 100% responsibility for your life and your results. Secret number two was create a clear vision for your ideal life and turn every part of that vision into measurable goals. And then secret number three was to take action and ask for and respond to feedback and absolutely persevere through those actions, right? Through the challenges, the obstacles. Right. This is, I think this is so profound. It's, it's, I know it's been said over and over again. And yet I think those of us who have wobbled through some success and, and not know that the reason why we haven't gotten to where we want to be is because we stopped following the formula. <laughs> so I love this. Thank you for these amazing principles that you are sharing with us today. And for those of you who are here at the Clarity Confidence Connection Summit, Jack has a free gift for each of you who are listening today. And it's called Daily Affirmations for Success, a step-by-step -step guide. Isn't that amazing? I, I know you guys can all go and get his book because I have it <laughs> and I read it. Um, and I also think that having affirmations really help us to ground the energy while we're listening uh, to these things as well. So Jack, can you share a little bit about what they can expect from this beautiful gift from you? Sure. It's a download. It's a P, uh, PDF and you can print it out. And it's, uh, first of all, explains how to create affirmations that work. Again, there's a formula. A lot of affirmations don't work because they're not created correctly. And so we, we teach you that. And then we give you a whole list of affirmations that relate to uh, accepting yourself, loving yourself and all that, but more importantly, achieving the goals you want. And so there's a whole list of them and you can literally work through them. You could do one a day, focus on it, maybe repeat it in the morning as part of your daily practice, repeat it again before you go to bed. You might want to take one and work with it for a week until it feels natural to you. It'll change your mindset, but it'll also 
uh, kind of guide you to the right behaviors, the right thinking, the right visualizations that you need to do. Affirmations are really powerful. We're talking to ourselves all day long. Most of us have negative affirmations. You know, nothing I do ever works. Everything I eat goes straight to my hips, you know, that kind of thing. And so these are empowering affirmations. It's really, really, really a great resource. I love that. And do you, I know I've worked with affirmations in many different ways. Do you recommend people to, yes, say them every day, but also to record themselves maybe even? Is that something yes. that you've ever recommended? Sure. Yeah, you can record them. You can play them in your car. You can put them on a tape loop. Uh, a lot of people do them while they're exercising, uh, while they're driving. And also uh, you can play them, you know, at a subliminal level, almost like when you go to sleep at night. So all night long, they're going into your subconscious mind. Um, and also there's research shows if you write them, there's something mm -hmm. about writing them, the, the, the actual physical act of writing them. Yeah. When I first learned affirmations, we had to write each one 10 times a day. Nice. Uh, 10 times in the morning, 10 times at night. Yeah. And there's something about that physical, visual, and you're saying it as you're writing it to yourself. So you got auditory, visual, kinesthetic, all kind of reinforcing each other. Very, very powerful. I love that. All right. So this gift is for all of you. It's going to be, the link will be dropped down in the chat. Uh, please make sure you click on that link and you opt in your name and your email, and you will get sent this amazing mini step-by-step -step guide of daily affirmations for success from Jack. So please go ahead and do that right now. Um, and while you're doing that, I just want to also let you know about Jack's best-selling book, The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. I just showed it to you right here. This is, I love paperback because <laughs> I get to like read it and highlight it and post-it note it. Um, so you can go get your, your copy on Amazon uh, and there's free shipping for Prime members, or you can go ahead and buy your book on jackcanfield.com, his website. Um, there, there may be some shipping fees applied there. However, go Google it and find it because I know it's everywhere. And then you can also watch his inspirational documentary, The Soul of Success, The Jack Canfield Story. And this film can be purchased on Amazon as well. And we will drop that link in the chat for you right here. So you can go ahead and access that immediately. So before I let Jack go, I would love to hear any final words of wisdom for our Clarity Confidence Connection community, Jack. Yeah, I, I always tell people that you have everything you need to accomplish anything you want. And I, I truly believe after doing this work for over 50 years that you cannot think up a dream unless you have the capacity to achieve it. It's like, it's not possible. And so you may have to learn some new things. You may have to get a new license or a certification. You may have to partner up with some people, create a team. But if you dream it, you can do it. And also the world needs what you have to offer. It needs you. Every one of us is a part of the whole that is bringing forward something that the world needs. Some people are psychic. Some people are chefs. Some people are musicians. Some people are coaches. Some people are artists. Whatever it is you're wanting to do, the world needs it. So make sure you do it. I love that. Thank you again, Jack, for joining us today. I know you're a very, you're, you're so busy. <laughs> so I'm just so honored and thrilled that you gave us your time um, to share with us your wisdom today. And thank you so much um, for your commitment to helping each and every one of us achieve our highest potential. Thank you. Thank well, thanks you. for the opportunity to share.
All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another amazing session on the Clarity Confidence Connection Summit, where women break through barriers, unlock their next level of success, and build bonds with other badass business owners. For recordings of all sessions, plus an amazing VIP gift bundle full of courses and resources from our knowledgeable speakers, you can upgrade to a VIP ticket for only $97. If you have any questions or run into any challenges during the summit, email our support team at breakthrough at clarityconfidenceconnection.com. Stay tuned. We have another fantastic speaker coming right up.